welcome back, I hope, to the show Living with Climate Change. Today's show is going to look at how we can reduce our impact on the environment individually. Uh, this show won't be too long, and I know you, you know all about uh, probably, uh, you know, making uh, ways to, to uh, reduce your impact on the planet, and there are many videos about that, but uh, I want to share you maybe just some things that you might not know that might be helpful. Uh, so the first thing uh, I want to talk about is uh, just basic consumerism. Uh, whenever, whenever you buy something, that sends a message to the business, the company, uh, that you you like this and you want, you know, that tells them to produce more of it. So anything we buy, you know, we are we are sending that message. And for instance, if you don't want fossil fuels in the world, if no one bought them, then they would stop producing them. But we know at the moment that that's very hard to do. Uh, but that's the idea that, you know, to vote or be political in that way. Watch what you buy. If you're well off, then I can't imagine not buying energy efficient appliances and, and renewable energy, buying renewable energy, thinking about solar panels or wind or whatever you can. And we know really that the more money you have, the more impact you have. And so that's a responsibility of uh, if you make a lot of money, then uh, you, you're, uh, you have more of a responsibility to the environment and nature. And if you people that don't have very much money are not uh, impacting the environment as much or unless they do it in other ways, destructive ways directly to the environment. Uh, but that's another argument about developed countries helping the developing countries. So it's what you buy, a, a big thing, and that's with your diet and all these things. I, I want to uh, uh, just give you an, uh, uh, something that you may not know, a way of looking at products. Uh, there's a thing called life cycle analysis or life cycle assessment. And this looks at the the overall impact of, of products. Uh, it's also called cradle to grave. So it's looking at the entire product, the, 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 the entire cycle of extracting, processing, manufacturing, distributing, using and disposing of products and its impact on the environment. And I'm sure most major companies, you know, have, have look at this very, very much and try to make it as little as at least impact as they can. At least they should be doing that. But that is a very important thing. So you could, I mean, watch what you buy if it's being transported uh, if something is organic, but it's being transported over long distances, 
then it may not it may not be very sustainable and and it may have a lot of embodied energy as they call it all the energy that goes into the whole use the whole the whole cycle of things and this can you know this can affect recycling and, and all kinds of things so I just want to let you know that if you see a product and it says eco-friendly or something, um, I mean, question it. I'm not saying that they're lying, but, uh, but this is the way I think we need to start thinking. It's quite frustrating that um, given the, the knowledge we have and we have students and people going into schools and getting degrees in sustainable development and sustainability and environmental science and they can't find jobs and all that and i just can't imagine a lot a world now that that every business and every home uh, should have like a sustainability office um, and thinking about these things all the time, energy efficiency, uh, and all the, the, the sustainability. I, I, I mean, they have that's getting better, I guess. You know, when I was in a, a city that you know they had one person in the sustainability department for the whole city. <laughs> but that's something I can't imagine in the future if we're going to try to solve this. That there would be more of that, and that be a very integral part of every I mean even in your own home um, let's move on to just some things that as individuals we can uh, we can do and uh, the next thing is something that's very easy to do is to reuse things not recycle but reuse them I mean that's the most efficient way and sustainable way and that could be just buying used things by going to goodwill or uh, garage sales or, or uh, you know eBay and and uh, Amazon and you buy things like that used but you do have the transport and energy efficient appliances uh, uh, another thing uh, was uh, uh, definitely are, are, are worthwhile uh, course recycle and and compost I'm sure everybody knows about that if, if you have your own home after you compost, after you recycle, after you reuse, um, you really shouldn't have uh, much, much left. Now then look at your activities. Uh, clearly, uh, you know, uh, and probably the main thing that you could do is they say is to just not drive, but that's hard for people. Activities, uh, try to, I don't know, do things that have less energy use, if you can, if you want. Now, I want to talk about another thing that people may not know about, kind of a concept. And it's called the rebound effect. And to give you an example, uh, let's say that you, uh, you have a car and it gets bad gas mileage. And so you you buy a car that it gets uh, twice as much gas mileage. But then because of this, you drive twice as much. So that's what is like the rebound effect. 
the energy savings are offset by increased use. And this is a, a, like a really serious thing that people do that are they're not aware of it. And uh, I just wanted to uh, mention that. Um, also, you could uh, you could purchase green energy, obviously, and do all these things, solar panels and, and these things. If you have a home, um, I wanted to mention things that that are very easy to do, that can have massive savings. I don't know. I bought a house, little house, and it had no trees in the in the yard. And in the summer, that house heated up uh, and got so hot, it was unbelievable. Uh, now you obviously shade trees, and they take a long time to grow. Yes. But I grew some, I, I planted some fast growing trees and it didn't take long. And the key thing, if you can plant those on the west side of your house. So in the late afternoon, when it gets hot and that sun is continues to beat down, that your, your house can get some, that, that it gets shade at that time. If you could only shade one side, that would be where you'd want to shade it, the west side of the house. And, uh, but it's amazing. I, uh, I, my trees and all the things that I did to my little house, it, it allowed me to, I really didn't need to use air conditioning, even in the summer, even in hot, humid uh, summers. At night, I would have the windows open and fans going and the house would cool down. And in the morning, I'd shut up the house. And because of the shade trees, um, uh, it, it, it would stay cool a long time. So five o'clock. And so that's a, a way you can do it. And then, you know, these deciduous trees, they drop their leaves. And then in the winter, your house gets some sunlight so it can warm up the house a little bit and the sun angles usually change so the south the south facing gets the most in the winter um, which another thing that I did that my little house you can use passive heat and I had a little uh, porch somebody had uh, gl glassed it in glass enclosure that you could take on and off and they were old single pane glass but my house that that porch faced south and it was great because in the summer i mean in the winter on sunny days it just that little porch just heated up amazing and i actually could open the windows connecting to the porch and the heat would come into the house and i could put a fan on and it would just blow in heat into the house. Wonderful to sit in a warm, sun-heated porch. But those are some of the things that architecturally, you know, we can do so many things. You know, there, there is so much uh, design that makes no sense. The, the design of, of, of houses that they are oriented to the street instead of nature and the sun and, and uh, prevailing winds.
to cool your house in the summer and, and architects know all this stuff but developers come in and they don't know and they they just made these you know houses that uh, they don't make any sense they're not environmentally designed and I so we can change that obviously I'm not going to go on anymore but uh, those are just things that you can do and obviously there's activism in the US you know I, I, there's some politicians coming along and we got this Green New Deal and, and it you know it's encouraging um, you know, the thing that I, I mentioned, Ted Turner, I like him so much, and he gave a, a billion dollars to the UN, uh, and he's working on renewable energy as much as he can. Uh, he's getting so old, people don't listen to him anymore. But uh, this world, uh, if all, if philanthropy, through philanthropy, if all the, the the billionaires and the multimillionaires just decided that they were going to help make the world a better place, you know, with all that money that they will never be able to spend. <laughs> that they've got, I mean, not all of them, and many are doing good things, I'm sure, but the wealth distribution we know is such a... a an, un, an unnecessary thing that, I mean, what's the point of having money that's going to last your extended families for hundreds of years? But if they all went, got together and, and decided, you know, we're going to make, we're going to, we're going to change the world and, and uh, deal with these problems. And uh, I mean, they could do it, I think. You know, I hope the show is helpful to you. It's, it's helpful to me. I'll continue uh, making these videos uh, for as long as I can. And these shows. I thank you for joining me. And uh, uh, please stay tuned for the next episode of Living with Climate Change. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you next time. Bye. Mm -hmm.